For the past couple of weeks, there has been a buzz in the air. Yes, all the Christmas-related activities, the festivities, the gifts. But there's this new technology, maybe you caught wind of it, being compared to the likes of, of when the calculator came out, or Google, or the iPhone. People are just starting to appreciate this potential and this pitfall that comes with this technology that it really does seem fairly significant. Chat GPT, not the most exciting name for an artificial intelligence bot that came out very late November, but it does a lot. You type into your computer uh, just a few words describing what you might like written. And within seconds, it goes so far beyond Siri, Alexa, any other search engines, and it puts in very human tone, well-crafted articles, copy for your website, letters, term papers, makes up recipes for cooking, writes very good code for computers. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> Write a Presbyterian sermon based on Luke chapter 2, verses 15 through 20. Opening paragraph from ChatGPT. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, today's passage from Luke's gospel tells the story of the shepherds who were visited by an angel and given the good news of the birth of Jesus. The angels tell the shepherd that they will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And when the shepherds go to see this newborn child, they are filled with wonder and amazement at all they had seen and heard. I mean, not bad. Helpful summary opening of what we've just read together. I tried three different sermon writing prompts. One with that Presbyterian emphasis. One, I invited the tome to be warm and inviting. Another I, I asked for specifically for Christmas Eve. I'll come back very briefly to, to what ChatGPT gave me. Uh, but for now, I'm mindful of the irony of all of this. Our society gathers in amazement and, and wonder, perhaps fear, before a technology that could take a few broad brushstrokes of words and bring them together in a long-form content that's compelling, that's concrete, that's paradigm shifting for, for likely a number of industries because of how, how human it is. And all of this is unfolding in the very same season we celebrate Jesus, who takes the very broad brushstrokes of prophetic words that speak of this wonderful counselor, this mighty God, this everlasting father, this prince of peace, and in his life brings them together in, in, in something of a long-form content that is compelling and concrete and paradigm-shifting for all of human history precisely because it is so human. Jesus is the clear translation of all of God's promises. Love translated into human. Hope translated into human. The Christmas declaration specifically is that amidst all the very real darkness and pain and grief and hurt that we carry in this room and that's carried by this world, he is born among us. As one of us, the walking promises of God in the flesh. 
It's no wonder we read the shepherds. When they get this news, they hasten to go and tell everybody. Uh, first, go and see Jesus and eventually go and tell everybody. In time, in our time, I would imagine them to be the ones who'd be posting the social media, texting the news, getting out a viral video, forwarding the email. Did you see? Did you hear? Yes, the translation of the very heart of God is breathing among us. Chat GPT picked up on all of the shepherd's energy. In all three sermon prompts I gave it, the bot responded with something like this in the sermon. The shepherds were so filled with joy and excitement at what they had seen and heard that they could not help but share it with others. They went and told everybody they met about the newborn Savior in the same way, and now chat starts to preach, we are called to be ambassadors for Christ, sharing the good news of his love and the salvation with those around us. Good stuff. You know what chat GPT missed in all three of the sermon prompts that I provided with it? What element of the story gets no mention in all of the thorough sermonizing that it does back to me? Verse 19 of tonight's passage. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. How did the bot miss Mary? Sexist? <laughs> That's been one of the early critiques of ChatGPT. It's pulling from an infinite amount of data on the internet, and it too easily can pick up stereotypes or favoritisms and then further them, right? Or I wonder if the system has, has another invisible bias. A bias towards movement. The shepherds are moving, talking, praising. Good things to be sure. Mary, she treasures and ponders all that's unfolding. Ponders, it literally means to bring together in one's mind. It's the stillness of reflection, the, the kind that just it takes time to bring together all that's unfolding. ChatGPT missed the stillness. In our world that is ever on the move, ever busy, ever adopting new technologies that help us find answers and, and complete tasks even more quickly, in a season where a lot of us are sitting here tonight and wondering, how are we already at Christmas Eve? We've barely had a chance to, to reflect meaningfully on the reason for the season. I actually think it's Mary's posture that is perhaps most urgent for us on this night. Mary treasures. She, she brings all these things together in her mind. You know, the 20th century Japanese theologian Kosuke Koyama, he observed in the late 1970s something that I think still proves immensely significant for us to hear. He said this then, love has a speed. It's different. It's a different kind of speed from the technological speed at which we are accustomed. It goes on in the depth of life at three miles per hour. It's the speed we walk. And therefore, the speed, the love of God, walks. 
Love moves at a walking pace, a pondering pace. And so the things of God's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, justice, generosity, they emerge, they grow, they move at a three-mile-an-hour pace. And much as we sometimes ache for it to be otherwise out there and in here, Things of love do not bloom overnight. They do not burst forth from a singular social media post. They do not turn a heart around in a matter of hours, days. When I read verse 19, I see Mary settling before her son, love in the flesh. And I see her setting her heart to his pace. Setting her heart to the pace of love. I wonder if some of us aren't here tonight, perhaps at, at an unconscious level, because we know somewhere deep within that amidst all the hustle and the bustle of life and the technologies and the anxieties and the what-ifs, we hunger to do as we sing. Oh, come let us adore him. Ponder him. Slow enough to, to bring the promises of God together with where we are in our lives and where this world is. To ask questions like, what does it mean that Jesus translates perfectly what love looks like in this world? Ponder, what does it mean in our world, in our lives, amidst all the pain and the grief, the darkness and the uncertainty? What does it mean that he is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Messiah who reigns? Ponder, what does it mean that the spirit of this Jesus, this perfect love, has been poured out upon the body of Jesus Christ. Hmm. And if God's very spirit of love is, is poured out by grace into our lives, are we ourselves the miracle translation? of the most important gift in the world. God's love. Much to ponder. As the Presbyterian minister and author, Frederick Beekner, who went to be with our Lord just earlier this, this year, uh, he once observed you know what keeps the wild hope of Christmas alive year after year? In a world notorious for dashing all hopes is the haunting dream that the child who was born that day may yet be born again, even in us. May our hearts 
sit alongside that of Mary's heart and have space to receive the gift of Jesus himself born this day amidst all we carry, amidst all this worry, world carries. And by the power of Jesus himself, whose very spirit is within us, may we discover ways to give a fresh translation of that love, even this night and tomorrow and this season. Merry Christmas. Amen.